Welcome to Confidence and Creativity, a show where we encourage you to show up for yourself and express your confidence and creativity in business and in life. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, founder and CEO of Mission Key Communications, and I'm so grateful to spend this time with you today. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to Confidence and Creativity. I am so excited to have our first guest to kick off our 2021 season. I am talking with Lori Ruffin today. She is the founder of the COO Team, a virtual operations agency that equips nonprofits and companies with strategy and systems to grow their impact and income. Driven by a desire to multiply the effectiveness of social impact organizations, Lori has a knack for helping visionary leaders translate vision into strategy and strategy into execution. Lori is a committed thought partner for executives. She is passionate about helping social impact ventures succeed through expanding their internal capacity. Lori has worked with the Richmond Justice Initiative, Thriving Cities, Hampton Roads, Chamber of Commerce, and so many more. She currently lives in Richmond, Virginia with her husband and two daughters. And when she's not investing in people, you can find her enjoying her city's best ice cream with her family. So Lori, welcome to the show. Thanks, Samantha. I'm so glad to be with you today. Yes. It's been, it's been a wild rodeo here, but I'm so excited to be in 2021. It's a new year, new opportunity. And so I'm just really glad to be with you. Yes. Excellent. I am so excited to have you. And I have had the pleasure of knowing you for several years and seeing your, your entrepreneurship journey. And so I'm just so excited to introduce you to this audience. And um, so just wanted to kick it off and ask you to just share your journey. Because what I love about talking with entrepreneurs is that nobody's journey is the same. Everyone has a different origin story. So how did you get into entrepreneurship? What was your passion for it? Yes. Wow. Well, what a great question. I think early in life, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I recently was participating in a game and they were saying, share something that's, that most people don't know about you uh, that no one would guess. And my, my answer for that is that I sold crayon shavings to my, my colleagues in school, my, my, uh, yeah, my friends from school. So I knew that I was able to offer things and other, that other people would be willing to pay for. And so the desire started at a really young age, but really it took on meaning when, um, somewhere around my preteen area, um, my preteen age range, I began to think, I really want to help people fulfill their purpose. Mm. And I knew immediately that everything had a business component to it. And so if I studied business, I would have the skills to be able to help people really get focused and and organize their dreams, organize their vision and ideas, and be able to put it into something that can really provide value for people. And Mm. so studied business in undergrad, started out in corporate America, and at first I thought I would, you know, start a small company and or a nonprofit and change the world. But I ended up in corporate America where yeah. I was able to hone my skills. And then I made my foray into a startup um, that built brands for international missions organizations. 
And then I found myself um, tackling entrepreneurship full time. So it's been quite a journey and it's been a fun ride. And, and I'm, uh, I guess this year makes eight years in. That's amazing. That is awesome. So Lori, I would definitely describe you as somebody who, I guess the, the term now is multi-hyphenate, right? So people who are in a little bit of everything, they have multiple talents, multiple passions, and you have so many different things that you do well and so many directions that you could go in. So what made you really hone in and focus on strategy specifically for organizations? Yeah. So when I first left corporate America, I, I started working with a startup marketing agency. And my role there was to um, manage the client relationships and help them set up infrastructure. But the focus of the agency itself was really to help organizations define who they were and have brand collateral that reflected their mission. Mm -hmm. When we got into working with them, we really helped them clarify their identity, but, and we also helped them strengthen the way that they were communicating themselves with their stakeholders, but we didn't address operations. And Mm. so I was thinking these organizations are doing amazing work, but they lack in some cases, business acumen to really align their identity into their execution such that they could have a a deeper or broader impact. And so that really got my head thinking, what can we do to really not just improve their communications, but really improve their impact? Yeah. Um, Communications is one significant piece, but then how that strategy translates into execution and operations is another piece. So that's what got me started about that. I just had an itch to deepen and expand the impact of, of the clients that we serve. So, yeah, excellent. That that's great. So I guess going into that, that strategic piece and that operations piece, I'm really curious to get your, your insight on that a little more deeply, because I know a lot of people when, you know, we launch into entrepreneurship, it's for a lot of people, it's because we want to escape that, you know, corporate trauma that we (laughs) experience, right? And so it's like, okay, we want to go out. We want to do this on our own, do it our way. We don't need all those, you know, stuffy systems or stuffy processes. But what happens is, you know, there's only so far we can go on our own as a solo, right? And, but then it's like, we also don't want to create the thing that we wanted to be free from or the thing that we wanted to do differently. So, What is that journey like from an operations perspective? Like when we're, you know, for those who are starting out in business, you know, just thinking ahead and want to get ahead of it, mm-hmm. what should we be thinking about from that, that operations perspective? Okay. So one thing I will say, um, when people are founding organizations, they start because they have some sort of passion, whether it's a passion to escape or a passion to solve a problem. There's still this energy around creating something new. The problem is that passion is not sustainable. So it's only sustained by strategy and systems. And I would say both. So when I first started working with organizations and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to double down on this operations part. I realized you can't operationalize an organization that has no strategy. Mm. You have to have clear direction. And so there are some uh, fundamental elements that we call grounding elements um, through my company, the COO team. We say that organizations need to be really clear around their vision. Mm-hmm. What is that big goal? Like the, the horizon that they're pushing towards? What um, 
would be different in the world as a result of an organization doing their purpose or selling their services, providing their their products, et cetera. Having clarity around that vision, then having clarity around the mission, which is specifically what does that organization do and for whom? Mm -hmm. Whose problem are you solving and how do you do it? And that's a little bit more concrete. And then thinking about the values, what beliefs, core beliefs are going to guide you along the way that you will not compromise as to fulfill your your work. Then and only then that you have that, that you're able to um, set some goals around what you're going to accomplish and then think about the systems that are needed to support those goals. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So, so I guess if you're, you know, as you're, you're starting, is there kind of a, a, system of questions or series of questions that you should be, you know, thinking about as you're building so that you don't go too far, you know, and say, oh, shoot, we don't have, (laughs) we don't have the structure in place. Yes, absolutely. So we call, we call it the five core factors. Mm -hmm. So number one, um, organization needs to be clear on identity and we just listed those pieces, right? So um, your vision, mission, values. So have uh, clarity around your identity. Then you want to have clarity around your strategy. And that's really a self-awareness as an entrepreneur, as well as for your organization of what your strengths your weaknesses are, your opportunities out in the marketplace, the threats that could take you out if you're not paying attention. Um, Have a real clear understanding of that. And then what are the goals that you're moving towards? And so between that self-awareness around your your SWAT, if you will, and having those goals of what you're moving towards, then you have your strategy set. The third component is systems. So like when you're thinking about systems, there are also five things that we like to refer to that every um, organization needs to think about. Your uh, systems for you as the pioneer, what are the things that you need in order to to work like clockwork um, Mm -hmm. and organize yourself? Because sometimes we can be so creative and so out of the box that we get lost in the minutia of what we're doing, right? So it's uh, systems for the pioneer, systems for your people, um, the team that you're building is their clarity around what you're inviting them to do, what their roles and responsibilities need to be, what's their scope of work, all of that. And then you want to have um, the third P would be around promotions. And so mm. we use that as like um, the, the buzzword for internal and external communication. So mm-hmm. do you have a brand in place that, that says, what do you look like? What do you sound like? Um, and then do you have a system that you use to communicate with your stakeholders? So that's yeah. kind of both internal and external. And so that's that P promotions. The fourth P is uh, profit what's going on with the money? We need yeah. to know, do you have a place, a system where you track all of your expenses and your revenue mm-hmm. and you keep it in a system so you don't have any tax problems later um, and you are able to budget as well as know how are you performing over time? So you want to think about what are your profit systems? And then lastly, you want to have a project management system. So although, although I love posting notes and I could probably grab, put you know, put my hands on one right now on my desk, Right. It is not a good idea to try to manage a business through post-it notes. Right. It's kind of project <laughs> management system, whether it's Asana, Trello, Monday.com, something to hold all of those uh, tasks mm-hmm. in one place so that you can be focused on when are you doing what? And also your team can be focused on when is everybody else doing what they're doing? So those are five systems that I think are really important. 
And then the last two factors, so there's identity, strategy, systems, and then the last two uh, factors that I think every organization needs to be thinking about is ethos and talent. Mm. So um, ethos is speaking to the type of culture that you create in your organization, right? And being really clear about how are your values lived inside your organization, you know, through your team interactions, as well as what the people that you serve can expect from you. And then the talent, like who is actually on your team? Uh, what kind of skills do you need and when in order to fulfill your mission? So I know that was a lot, but those are like really the five factors that every organization needs to be thinking about. And if an organization is taking the time to think through their identity, think through their strategy, their systems, their talent and their ethos, then you'll find that you really won't be blindsided mm. on like, oh man, we didn't account for this, you know, because you're kind of, you have an awareness and you're actively um, putting things in place to move your organization forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. So let me see if I can repeat those. So it's identity, strategy, yes. systems, ethos, and talent. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Those, those are great. Yes. Great, great tips to remember. So talking about the, the talent, sometimes there's a fear to, you know, bring people on to work with you because you're just like, okay, you know, how do I know if I'm ready to bring someone on? And if I've kind of been, you know, managing my business on post-it notes, like that works for me, but I don't really know how to translate that to someone else. And so, you know, I bring somebody else in, they don't understand my post-it note system. And then we're both frustrated because neither one of us is, is communicating with each other and we're not achieving the goal that we want. Right. So then we just say, you know, this is why I just decided to be an entrepreneur and just be solo, right? <laughs> so you get rid of the team and you go back to yourself and, you know, you're, you're just frustrated. So what, what do you say to that? Yes. So first of all, I say a lot of people say those things. A lot of people feel that way. So you are not alone. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, when I think about bringing in that next person, I'm overwhelmed instantly. I get it. A lot yeah. of people are that way. But this is what I will say. If you want to grow your business, you're going to have to grow your team. It's yeah. just that that's what it is because we, there's only so many hours in a day. And truth be told, a lot of us left corporate America because we didn't want to work all of these long hours and be doing all the work with just a cap or a ceiling on our pay. You know, And so what we can find, though, is when we step into the world of entrepreneurship, now we're responsible for everything. We're responsible for ordering the supplies, coming up with the strategy, implementing the strategy, um, coordinating with marketing, designing. We do all, we wear all these hats. Well, that can be a whole nother shackle. <laughs> if <Right>? you know. <laughs> The only way that we can really break through and break free is through growing our team. Mm -hmm. So some of those pieces that we talked about earlier are exactly what you need to leverage in order to have a team in place. Yeah. So clear identity is so critical. Like you cannot, you cannot skip that part um, because it's hard to invite someone to join you and you don't know where you're going. Mm. Right. So you're going to want to make sure that you have that clear vision, that you have clarity around who do we serve yeah. and, and how, and you have those core values so that you make sure that you're inviting the right type of person onto your team. 
And then uh, from the strategy piece, we want to make sure that you are really clear around the goals that you're pursuing, because that will help you know what kind of team do you need. Yeah. So when someone is thinking about um, building their team, we encourage them to build out a people plan. So get your, if you have a pen, grab your pen, because I'm going to give you another list. All right, taking some notes. Take some notes, y'all. So an effective people plan addresses the following things. You have clarity around a um, talent acquisition plan. Who do you need on your team and, and when do you need them? So you don't, your first hire is going to be a critical hire and you want to know what skill sets, um, soft skills and hard skills do you need in that person that you're bringing on a team? And that person doesn't have to be full time. It could be that you're bringing on, bringing them in part time to, to fulfill specific roles that you already know in advance that you're going to need based on your strategic plans and what you're looking to accomplish. Right. And so then you're going to want to have an onboarding plan. How are you going to get this person up to speed in 90 days? So like we talked about and we laughed earlier, just saying that the post-it notes are not going to be enough to convey all that's in your head to the new person. So an onboarding plan will think through, what do I need to actually tell this person? What passwords do I need to give them? Um, What uh, responsibilities am I going to give them? How am I going to pace their work? And how am I also going to bring them into the the organizational culture? Um, And how do I get them up to speed to where they are providing value quickly, ideally within 90 days? And so that's what an onboarding plan does. But then you're also going to want to have like a team communication plan. Like how are you going to communicate with them ongoing? Mm -hmm. Um, This is not corporate America where we're going to give them a laptop and sit them in a corner and just ignore them. Like that's money, right? So you got to make sure that there's ways to keep them engaged, keep them aligned, um, knowing where the organization is going so that they're bringing their best talent, their best thinking um, to to combine with yours to move in the the direction of of your organization. Um, Then we're going to also want to make sure that you have a performance review process mm. in place, right? So we've all worked, whether it was with coworkers or we were supervising people or even being supervised where um, we needed to give feedback or either even receive feedback. Yeah. And we had so much trepidation around it. Like, how's this conversation going to go? We encourage people to demystify that by having a performance review plan that makes sense, that's simple, that um, connects a person's roles and responsibilities to the objectives of the organization. And then even more than that, to have conversations all along the way so that yeah. there are no surprises by the time we sit down to, to talk about performance review, right? So these are some of the elements that we encourage organizations to build um, to make up their people plan. And by having these things kind of built out and these processes built out in advance, it really helps organizations feel more confident when they're getting ready to expand their team, whether yeah. that's employee one or employee 15, you know, and we work with organizations, you know, a variety of sizes. We tend to serve small to midsize, mm-hmm. um, but yes, we've worked with organizations that have, they're getting ready to take that plunge and make that first hire, as well as, you know, their sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth um, hire, but it's making sure that they have the infrastructure to support that team well. Um, um, and the last thing I'll just say is that when, uh, leaders don't have those kind of plans in place, they are shooting from the hip and the employees know it. The contractors, mm. the 1099s, they know it. Like, and they, 
end up being frustrated. It's hard to retain people where they don't know how does what I do tie into the mission of the organization. Don't know what's expected of me. And it just can lead to like, you know, frustration. So we're like, let's skip all of that by doing that fundamental work to build out the people plan. Yes. No, that that's excellent. So you actually hit on something I, I wanted to, to touch on. Now we are in this, you know, continuing pandemic world, right? And mm-hmm. so a lot of people now are still in this virtual or have even for the first time, I would say, going into that virtual space of managing teams remotely. So are there different things that organizations need to be thinking about when you're working with a virtual team versus someone who, who's in person? Yes, I think um, what we have to remember is um, just intentionality. Part, part of, you know, the learning in 2020, everybody really was taken by surprise. Yeah. Um, we just were like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that we could do yesterday that we can't do now. And it, it hit everybody. Our children came home from schools, you know, so you had noise in the background. You had um, people having to navigate both work responsibilities and home yeah. responsibilities. And some of those boundaries have kind of been blurred. Mm-hmm. And so what we really encourage people to do is remember the people. Like mm-hmm. remember and remember that your, your team they, your team is not made up of machines. These are humans yeah. that have emotions, that have concerns, that have stressors. And so um, one of the things that we uh, talk about, and I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but we, we talk about ethos and like really focusing on how do you um, invest in your, your team? So having conversations around like the things that matter to them, mm-hmm. not everything, every conversation needs to be around like your deliverable and what are you going to submit this and when are you going to get it done? But how are you doing? Yeah. How are you handling the stress of this? Um, is there anything that I can help you with? Right. Um, that kind of human component is something that um, just can't be forgotten yeah. in, a, in a time like this. You know, we're coming up on a year um, of being under these conditions. And so uh, we think it's really important to um, make sure that as you're interacting with your team, that you are speaking to the whole person, right. not just the you know, value adding component of, of the person that's on your team. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's really, really good. Um, so as far as, as having those more, I guess, holistic conversations, what is your take on kind of how far leaders should go with that, especially with, you know, a lot of the the social unrest that we're experiencing right now, the political environment that's in an uproar. Like, you know, for sometimes it's more challenging to have those conversations than others, depending on, you know, the structure of your team, how well you know your team, if yes. you've ever tried to be, you know, empathetic with them before or holistic before, you know, maybe you never have. And now, you know, you don't want to just come out saying the wrong question or, you know, suddenly having this heart to heart conversation. Right. So what, what are your, your thoughts on that? Yes. Well, so with any relationship, you know, trust is built over time, but I think genuine interest and, and not trying to go too deep, too fast. Like we're not asking people to to tell you your deepest, darkest secret, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like these are professional relationships, but just letting uh, people know that just acknowledging these are difficult times, mm-hmm. you know, 
these are pressurized topics and situations. You know, how are you doing? And giving people um, the respect and the courtesy of knowing that you see them. Yeah. That if they want to share, if they want to talk, that you are available to listen. You know, that empathy, practicing empathy. Brene Brown has a lot of great resources around empathy. Yeah. And, you know, I would just encourage, um, you know, anyone who's trying to increase their emotional intelligence to listen to some of her talks or some of her books and utilize that language in the workplace. Because um, if you want to have a solid team, like great teams are not uh, just great because people only know their role and position. They're bought in at the heart level. You know what I mean? And so it's hard to be bought in when you don't think that the person that you work with or work for cares about you. Mm. And and there's no reason as a small organization, as a, a nonprofit, small business that we can't cultivate that type of culture where we are a team that cares for one another. Um, We are a team that is concerned about one another, you know, that we respect each other's boundaries, but that we say, Hey, like I'm, I'm here I, I care and I'm, you know, I'm ready to be supportive in any way that I can. Yeah. So those kind of things. And then even expressing pr- appreciation mm. um, for the people, for the way that people provide value to your yeah. business, you know, yes, folks are getting paid, but they are, they, people have options. You know what I mean? It's a good economy. And so uh, the fact that someone gets up every day and works to advance you know, your mission and your vision is something that shouldn't be taken for granted. And I think that when people feel celebrated, um, when it's more than just about the, the organization, um, I think it increases, uh, emotional equity and relational right. capital within that person. And it, it ends up being something that, that generates a return. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. A return on investment. So no, that's that is excellent advice. Excellent advice. I really like how you said don't go too deep too quickly. I think that is that's definitely something to to hold on to, but definitely also being genuine and letting your team know that you are available for them. That is is so so important. One other thing I would also say is also leading um, by vulnerability. So mm. I don't think that as a leader, like a leaders lead, right? Like we lead the way. It's not okay to kind of stay bottled up while you draw other people out and you stay guarded, you know, um, it, it may be that, um, you know, if it's something where you feel like there's a lot of variety of of perspective and opinion, um, maybe it's not so good to kind of go deep with, this is what I think it should be, but Mm. just to say, acknowledge, this is really hard for us. This is, you know, and kind of lean into like, you know, I feel this way, like I feel concerned, you know, that kind of thing where it just kind of shows our own humanity as leaders, um, our own struggle, our own wrestling, you know, and then that kind of helps provide a a open door for the people who are following us to be able to do the same and connect with their own, you know, selves and where they are. So I just wanted to say that it's a two-way street because I think it's really important to um, model vulnerability. So I'll just give an example as, you know, the leader of the COO team, I have really small children. Mm-hmm. My oldest is four and very energetic, which yeah. of course, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then the youngest will be two in February. Wow. And, you know, there are times where they have needs. My husband yeah. works a full-time job and the children are in the house, you know, and most of the time we have childcare. And then there are a couple of times where either of us are responsible. So, um, and so it, it, 
I say that to say the people that I work with, they see my real life. They see mm. my struggle, not a plastic, perfected version of Lori Michelle Ruffin. They yeah. see I am living life. I too am adjusting, adjusting to the pandemic. I too feel the stressors of our world doesn't look anything of what it looked like, you know, this time last year. So I think by being transparent, it, it helps us connect um, as humans. Yeah. And, and then we can, then we can do good, good in the world together when we know that, you know, I'm not working with a machine or someone who thinks they're perfect. Mm. <laughs> I'm working with someone who also is human and is dealing with human, you know, emotions and challenges, like, just like I am. Yes. No, that, that those are great points. And one of the things that I hope stays even after we are, you know, able to interact in person more frequently again is I hope that human element and human awareness continues because I really think, you know, that's needed. Even if you're not in a pandemic, just the stressors of everyday life are real, you know? And so I think that before we were able to kind of hide behind this facade of get it done, execute, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, all those things that we said were like a badges of honor for, for many of us. And now we're able to, or, or really forced to say, we do more than work. We do more than output all the time. And so these are the things that we need to be aware of. You know, self-care is kind of a trend now, right? But really that's something we should be doing anyway, right? Yes. <laughs> so it's yes. like, it should not take a pandemic to be like, oh, maybe I should slow down. Maybe I shouldn't say yes to everything. Maybe yeah. I'm running around and too much, you know, maybe I've, I've never seen my kids for more than 30 minutes in a week, you know? <laughs> so it's just yeah. things that we have not thought about at all that yeah. I really hope will continue um, even after we're, we're able to, to gather together again. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do. If, if those things um, remain, I think that we will, we will have, emerged better, you know, through this trial. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Lori, and I hope everybody listening was taking some notes, everyone listening or watching. If you need to go back, rewind, definitely do that. Um, and feel free to share with um, other entrepreneurs or even just other leaders in any area that, that might need to strengthen their, um, their systems and their, their organization. So Lori, what's something that helps you to keep everything organized and functioning? What are some systems that, that have worked well for you? Yes. Well, I, I really took the opportunity to kind of reset myself at the top of the year. Um, I'm not really a big New Year's kind of resolution person, mm -hmm. uh, but I do feel like every time we are blessed to go into another year, it's like a new chapter. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that whatever was going on yesterday, you know, last year, it does not have to continue if we can be intentional around, you know, what's going on. I found myself at the end of the year, really reflecting, looking back in, um, I guess my personality type. And then with just the clients that we were serving, I jumped right in yeah. last year when everything got disrupted. I'm like, okay, what do we need to do to support? 
support our, our clients and how to really help them pivot. And, you know, I was no stranger to being online. So I really got into action. And then we had the uprising with everything in response to, you know, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and then the subsequent, you know, riots. And so just given um, the types of organizations that I serve, you know, again, I kind of like rose to the challenge. Well, by the time I got to like August, September, October, it started catching up with me like, wow, wait a minute. I haven't grieved what's been lost this year. Mm. Um, there are many deaths of people that I know, um, some, you know, uh, according to COVID and just, um, and then being online, like, again, we were already online, but um, many conferences helping organizations go from per in-person conferences to online, yeah. all of those things. By the time I got to the end of the year, I needed to rest and I needed to refuel and I needed to refocus. And so I decided that, um, at the top of the year, I would really come in uh, with a new regimen, getting more sleep, going to sleep earlier, waking up at five in the morning. I know it's kind of early, but yes. uh, we invested in some more um, home workout equipment. And awesome. so I exercise, I listen to scripture for yeah. just a good period of time. Um, I sit in the dark and quiet. Um, jot some notes um, that I reflect on, and then I'm ready to embrace the day. And hopefully, if the kids are sleeping, they do not <laughs> wake up that early. So I've got a good window to be yeah. able to get these things um, done prior to the day. And also, I drink water. Yes. I drink my, my largest amount of water um, in the morning. And these are just kind of like some personal systems that I put in place because I knew I cannot... Uh, have the impact that I desire to have. I cannot serve and equip, you know, these social impact leaders and give my best to them if I'm not taking care of myself. Yes. And I also cannot be there and give my husband and my children the best if I'm not taking care of myself. So those are some um, things, some small things that I put into place. Um, I carry a journal. I try to be very reflective um, and do that deep work yeah. Again, you know, that beneath the surface type work yep. um, so that I can be continuously growing and uh, and be my best self. Excellent. So. Excellent. Well, you heard it right here, everyone. This is the one and only Lori Ruffin of the COO team. And so, Lori, how can people get in touch with you? Um, how do they know that they are ready to bring the COO team to help them uh, with their systems? Absolutely. So you can reach us at www.thecooteam.com, thecooteam.com. So even the name of our company is founded in the idea that smaller organizations don't usually have a COO or chief operating officer. Yes. So if you are a leader of a nonprofit, a small business or a social enterprise, and you find yourself wearing a lot of hats, with a big vision and trying to get something major done in the world. And you're like, I'm spinning my wheels or we're getting ready to pivot. And I just need an outside perspective yeah. or our team needs to grow or we're getting ready to launch a new service or new vertical, new product. And we don't have a strategic plan to help us, you know, figure out all the things that we need to do. That's where you call the COO team. We have we work with organizations one on one as well as in a cohort where um, organizations are able to kind of cross pollinate as they're building uh, their their 
uh, personal strategic focus as well as their uh, individual strategic people plans. And so anything in the area of strategy, people, operations, we've got you. You're ready to grow, we've got you. Excellent. Great. We'll make sure we put all that info in our show notes so everyone knows where to contact you. So thank you so much, Lori, for all of this amazing knowledge. And we look forward to um, just what is next for you and the COO team. Yes, thanks. We're really excited. Um, this year has been just taken off and, and we're really excited to continue to serve. Um, I also should mention, if you missed the elements that are part of a people plan or those elements that are part of a strategic plan, we can um, leave Samantha with a link so that you can download uh, those tips. That way Excellent. you can take a look at that, take a look at your organization and see where there are any gaps and give us a call if you want some help closing them. Excellent. Great. Yes, we'll definitely leave that information. So thank you everyone for joining us today and we will see you back for our next episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. We would love to know what you thought about today's show. If you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star rating, leave us a comment and share with a friend. I'm your host, Samantha McCoy, and you can find me on Instagram at smccoyjoy. That's S-M-C-C-O-Y, joy. If you're a business owner in need of public relations or communications support, reach out to us at missionkeycommunications.com. We also want to hear about your confidence and creativity journey. Send us an email or DM with your story, and you might be featured on an upcoming show. Until next time, show up confidently.